All right. Welcome to another edition of the Weekly Five series. Always a safe place for chasing financial independence, where I try to do my best to inform and educate to help you build a financial strategy, make working optional five to 10 years early. Great conversation starter for you today. A tool to build some framework around your retirement date. So this is episode four of the fives, which stands for financial independence versus endless struggle. I hope you caught last week's episode where we introduced the budget tracker, a simple one-page form to track your monthly expenses in five buckets. So today's episode is how to calculate the amount of money you need in your retirement account to retire. So um, in the chase for financial freedom or financial independence, this is called what's your number. What's your number is a great conversation starter. And it's different for for all of us. So glad you're here. Uh, We always start with a macro update from this past week. Actually recording on a Thursday night. And this will drop early Friday morning. So I don't have the full uh, week. Uh, Friday's data, but um, got three big macro indicators this week. One of them was the GDP for Q4. That came in at 3.3%. They were forecasting 2%, so hotter than expected, but slowing from previous quarter, 4.9. In 2005, just to put it in context, like we like to do here, keep it simple, the debt-to-GDP ratio was 60%. 18 years later, it has doubled. We're running 120% debt to GDP, which means the U.S. owes 20% more than it produces. Jobless claims ticked up 13% from last week, from 189 to 214. About 14K more than forecasted. It's not a huge jump. So just more signs the economy is resilient. New home sales, they surprised to the upside. So up 8% from last month at 664,000 and about 20,000 more than forecasted. So looks like that 1% drop, I think it's been about 1% since last month in the mortgage rate, the 30-year rate, uh, from about 7.7 to about 6.5 has people feeling better. So that's the macro market update. NASDAQ up 2.6% for the week. That's your technology stocks. 5% 5% year-to-date, so off to a great start. S&P 500, your 500 biggest companies, up 2.1% for the week, 3.2% year-to-date. Russell 2000, down 2.5% this week, so struggling to get a little bid there, down 1.8% year-to-date. Bitcoin had a rough week, down 4%, down 9.6% year-to-date, and so, you know, if you go back a couple episodes and catch the Bitcoin episode, um, you'll see that I feel real strongly it's a good time to to take a position. I think that uh, that number goes up over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Gold, uh, pretty flat for the week, down 2.3% year-to-date. Oil's up big, 5% for the week, up 8% year-to-date. That's something to watch. If oil starts to increase, it'll put more inflationary pressure on the consumer. And then the MAG-7, Magnificent 7, your alphabet, 
meaning your Google, Apple, Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Tesla up 1.8%, 6.5% year to date. Tesla had a rough go today. I think they were down 12% on a bad earnings call. <clears throat> okay, switching over to the fives challenge. Up until now, I haven't had anything to report. So just to get you caught up, uh, the fives challenge goes a little like this. Starting January 2024, we will invest aggressively toward FI, financial independence, by contributing the majority of our monthly expenses to our F bucket. That's the freedom bucket. And we're going to do this by maxing out our 401k and DCAN, so dollar cost averaging the rest into five stocks or ETS for the next five years. All this to reach financial freedom five years early so we can travel young. Those are our reasons, but good framework for anybody to start uh, their financial journey and start putting some real uh, discipline into their achieving their goals. So this week, I finally landed on uh, the stocks that I plan to go with at least for um, at least probably for the, the first year. Might stick with them the whole five years. We'll see. But along the way, I want to show you how I track this so that you get comfortable in um, opening up a taxable account, a brokerage account. If you don't have one, um, you might have one that's tied to your 401k, but this is separate, right? This is something where you're investing separately into a bundle of stocks, or what I would recommend is uh, an index fund that, that, that tracks to an index. Um, like a VOO, V-O-O, or VTI. Uh, because if you're not really paying attention to this stuff and not familiar or it doesn't excite you, then that would be my recommendation. But the whole goal of financial independence is to get comfortable with purchasing stocks and having that investment vehicle, that taxable option outside of your retirement accounts that you can't touch to 59 and a half. That's part of this whole framework, right? So um, I've purchased $2,600 in stocks this week. And again, we'll, we'll track this um, and I'll post updates of how it's doing, good, bad, the ugly. Um, I purchased these stocks for three reasons. So I'm familiar with the company, first of all. I think they will be around in five years. Um, so none of them are huge risks. Um, they're all below their all-time highs when I've entered the position. And they have a lower market cap than other industry favorites. So I would always highly advise everybody to do their own research. For most of you and most investors um, that don't want to follow the markets, just purchase the index fund like VTI, which is the entire stock market, or VOO. They're low-cost index funds. VOO tracks the S&P 500 um, and is a investor favorite. Uh, both of them really are. You can't go wrong with either one. Um, so what what I did is I did five stocks plus a bonus play. I want to introduce those that are just getting started to get your feet wet, to get comfortable with this, is having maybe a small bundle and then a 5% bonus play of your portfolio. Um, think of it like a lotto play or an opportunity fund. If it goes way up, it helps the portfolio. If it goes down or goes to zero, you'll survive just fine. So what are my stocks? Um, you probably know all these except for one. 
um, Amazon, uh, Google, uh, Mercado Libre, tickers M-E-L-I. This is the Amazon of Latin America. So uh, e-commerce marketplace uh, that really stretches from Mexico to Argentina, more than 100 million active users. It's been around about 20 years. I think the market cap's got room to grow. Always good earnings, and it's been on quite a run. Home Depot is my fourth one, which is the only one on here that provides a dividend. And PayPal, or uh, what's becoming more common, is Venmo. So all these, uh, all five of these are ones that uh, are companies that, other than obviously Mercado Libre, um, I'm familiar with. Um, most of them I use. And I think that's important always when you invest to know what, you, what you're investing in. My lotto play or my opportunity play is, uh, is Riot, R-I-O-T. It's a Bitcoin miner um, and been publicly trading for several years now. And it's a good proxy plus for uh, if Bitcoin goes up. So we'll see. Bitcoin has a good run. It'll probably do well, but it's very volatile. Again, I don't recommend you going in and going all in on, on any of these, really. Uh, Riot is the riskiest one on here. And, um, you know, again, only 5% of the, of the basket portfolio. So we'll keep a track on that every week. My goal is to contribute, uh, the largest portion of my expenses every month to this F bucket. Now, a lot of it goes to the, in fact, we're going to move right into the, the, the bucket update. And, uh, I didn't, I don't have my bucket tracker in front of me, but I always like as I get close to the end of the month, we get it gets exciting because you get to almost get ready to to add up the totals. But I did add them up before I came down, and just off memory, kind of had a rough week. Operating expenses were about two thousand um, dollars, and that was spread through the shelter bucket, so the S bucket, the health bucket, which is your groceries. We had a gym membership in there hit. Uh, a couple other things, and then your discretionary, which is your D bucket. It's about two thousand bucks just last week alone. Good news is, is I was able to not quite double that, but I think thirty, maybe thirty eight hundred dollars in um, contributions to that F bucket, uh, which is that freedom bucket. A uh, bunch of that into a four one k, and then funding these uh, baskets of five stocks. So good week there. So I feel okay going into the close of the month. We'll see how it adds up and I'll share that uh, next week. All right. The topic of the week, the financial framework topic of the week is what's your number? So I'm super excited to share this with you um, because I think that this is one of those key components in building this framework and really aligning with your partner or yourself on where you're headed. So what is your numbers based on the 4% rule? So it's the monthly income you need to live the lifestyle you desire in retirement. Hate that word. Go into more reasons next week about how I'm trying to, I'd love to change that word. It's really a phase of life. That word retirement, just not a fan of. But this monthly income you need, this is the piece that is just different for all of us, okay? And so in simple math, 
what you're going to do is you're going to take how much you think you need in retirement to live the lifestyle you want to live per month, times it by 12, and then times it by 25. Let me tell you why this works. So there have been studies on this rule. And it comes back with about 91% accuracy. And I think it's real conservative in today's environment. So the S&P 500 has averaged 10%, just under 10% returns over the last 100 years. Only one time has there been three consecutive years of negative returns. That was 2000 to 2003, right? And one with two consecutive negative returns, 1973 and 74. So accounting for inflation conservatively at 3%, the real rate of return is conservative 7%. So if you withdraw 4% each year, right? There's the 4% rule. If you draw 4% each year, which equals your number, then you will never drain the principal unless, of course, the market is down that year or for a few years. So example, let's say you need $40,000 in withdrawal each year. You have $1 million in retirement account pegged to the S&P 500. Your first withdrawal brings you to 960000 The market does 7% conservatively. You end the year with $1,027,000. So what is your number? How much do you need per month? Really take the time to track your expenses using the five, budget, uh, five buckets uh, budget tracker, right? Which we shared last week. Links in the show notes. I shared it on social, so it should be there. Print it out. It's, it's a fun little one-pager. And that'll teach you your spending habits and where you can come back and where you can invest the savings. Um, things to think about. Will you have a mortgage in retirement? You know, the one twist I plan to add to the 4% rule is I want to save three years of spending. So... I told you I'd share with you what our number is. Right now, my number is 8,000. So 8,000 a month. That's 96,000 a year that I would be withdrawing to live the lifestyle I want to live when, when working's optional, okay? So that big number then is that number in account. Retirement isn't an age, it's a number in account. For us, that number is 2.4. 2.4 million, and that's the calculation of what my number is per month to live times 12, that gives you the 96K, times 25. You can successfully draw 4% from that for 30 plus years, and I still think that's conservative. And remember, you don't have to pull that out at the traditional 65, right? This whole five series is based on saving you five to 10 years early. There's people that are doing this that have built their number by the time they were 32, by the time they were 35. Think about that. Compounding interest. Einstein called it the eighth one of the world. It is. This is why people can retire early. You get enough in that bank account. And you rely on that compounding interest and you live the lifestyle you're going to want to live but you've already structured it to know what your minimum number is, which by the way, is equally as important. Not only knowing what your number is to never work again, but also what is the minimum number of expenses right now that you need to survive? 
So I hope, um, you know, this is, uh, this is helpful. It's, it's quick, easy math. Um, and it's been studied for years. First concept I think came out in the early nineties. And, um, you know, it's not that everything is bulletproof here. Could have a black swan event, but it's a good, it's good framework to set goals around. So to validate your number, you want to calculate that minimum run rate, right? So just wanted to touch on that one more time. So what is your minimum expense baseline to live, right? So use the bucket tracker, determine your income minus your spend equals your spread. And maybe that number you think you need is too high. Maybe you learn it's too low. But these are the conversations you want to start having to form these goals and, and the discipline around how you get there. And so that you, um, you can approach retirement with, with a plan or, or be 20, 30 years out and have a, a, a head start, a running start on this than, than many of us have. So never too late to start, right? And never too early as well. So there's two things out of that. Again, just to make sure what's your number, how much you need to live for the lifestyle you want when you don't have to work anymore. And what is your minimum run rate? It's that minimum number you've got to live off, right? Two good numbers that could come out of tracking your expenses using that bucket tracker. Okay. It's time to wrap. I was trying to keep these under 20. It's like we finally made it. The action of the week is talk to your spouse about your number. It's a great conversation. What is your enough, right? Again, don't compare yourself to others. You know, this is all about what you need to be happy. It may not be as much as you think, and you might be closer than you think to making work optional. And if you are further away, then you can put a sense of urgency around how you get there. What can you cut back on? If you can't cut back on anything else because you've reached that minimum run rate, then how do we work on that personal top line, right? Invest in yourself, look for raises, promos, second job, whatever that is, passive income. So the first step uh, today is use that budget tracker. It has multiple purposes and it's a fun little game to do with uh, your spouse or significant other, you know, or just on your own to really feel, to see where you, where you stand. Because trust me, as we all know, you can use all the apps in the world, but when you have a physical form that you're tracking to each month that you see every month, it's different. Uh, Your spending habits are different and you're surprised at what you, what you spend. And, and where there's areas of opportunity to cut back. So take meaningful action each day towards your goals. That's really the bottom line. Have a great weekend and week ahead. And I will see you in February. Bye.